and welcome to Shalom Letters Podcast with Brian Newman, author, lyricist, talk show host, dad and veteran, and one of my best friends. I'm Melissa Collins, ministry partner of Brian's and also the voice of Miss Esther Ava Hill of the Torah Town cartoon series found on YouTube. But welcome to our podcast. We're a show where listeners can write into us with topics and questions, and then we provide biblical commentary and even dream interpretation all through a biblical perspective. So usually I interview Brian, but tonight we're shaking things up a bit. Well, I guess you could say the Holy Spirit has been shaking me, but I'll pump the brakes on that for just a second and just... Hello, Brian. How are you? Hey, I ex- was excited to hear about your your Hebrew shindig. Yes, <laughs> you went to Missouri. It was what amazing Hebrew shindig. I'm awesome. just uh, you. I, I've said a hundred times that I'm a speechless, but somehow I keep rambling about it. I've mm. literally not shut up about it for the past twenty four hours. Yeah, I heard about an hour of that. <laughs> your, your husband got about five hours of it the way home. <laughs> it was an eight-hour drive. He got a full eight hours. Oh, he got eight hours. He got a full shift of it. <laughs> well, he gave him a lunch break. <laughs> so quick. He, he just went to the store and hung out for an hour. <laughs> yeah, so everybody pray for Chad Collins. <laughs> Chad is not a talker. <laughs> I've exercised his ears for sure today, for sure. Oh, I'd like to see that. Oh, but did he have a good time too? Yeah, he had a great time. He, um, you know, he, we were just talking before I got on the podcast here and he's, he's just so pumped up and in awe at Mm -hmm. the chain of events. So, and it was very, very hands on for him. Um, and Chad, I'm sorry for listening. I'm going to talk about you for just a minute. (laughs) I'm sure he's listening. There's no if about it. So sorry, babe. But, um, you know, he's not, he's not one to really, you know, put himself out there when it comes to, you know, the praise and the worship and everything. He's the back row. You know that. Well, that's me Every too. T- mostly. It's outside <laughs> of podcasts. I'm, I'm probably hiding in the kitchen. I'll actually go help out in the kitchen at events just so I don't have to be in the middle of a crowd. I'll help out in the kitchen. I'll take the trash out. I'll volunteer for security just so I'd like be between people that are shoulder to shoulder and really loud. So I totally relate. Yeah. Yeah. So these last couple of months between the Phil Wiggum experience, which should probably be its own podcast. But, and then tonight, he's not just been hearing me tell about it mm-hmm. or hearing others tell about it. He's seeing it and he's feeling it. So this is, he's pretty, he's pretty pumped up about it. So too. he got blessed too. Uh, oh, for sure. He just, awesome. he said a few minutes ago, he's like, man, I felt something. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> man, a few words, but that he carried a lot of weight with that when he's like, I felt something. Well, the less you say, the more it means. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, maybe I should take that to heart. Well, my uh, my grandpa, he knew uh, he knew he was best friends of Buford Pastor from Walking Tall, you know, back the sheriff. Back yeah, seventies. They're actually friends because they're dep- they were sheriffs and or he's a deputies or sheriffs in adjoining counties. And uh, but they always said, uh, "Walk softly and carry a big stick." Mm-hmm. And that's what. Beaver Buster literally did was walk softly, carry a big stick because he walked around two by four. But anyway, the, uh, and my grandpa was like that. My dad's side, it was, didn't say much when he said something though, everybody stopped to listen. Mm-hmm. 
and there's, there's a lot of truth that I think it's also in the Proverbs. It's about, you know, it's just best to keep your words few. And when you do that, people, you know, value them more. Yeah, that's true. But hmm. yeah, Chad has the same quality that uh, walk softly, carry a big stick. <laughs> say what you mean, mean what you say. And uh, I'm so glad you got blessed by it because it's, it, people are very social and very, you know, social media oriented are always constantly interacting with people, at least on social media. But then mm-hmm. it's a whole different thing in person. But if you're not on social media all the time and you're kind of rural area, then it's really hard to get to know other people. Oh, yeah. And that's him. He's completely Facebook list and no social media. You know, he would he would still have a Razor flip phone if he could buy one. But <laughs> I you finally can got him. You can get a flip phone now. Shh, no, don't. <laughs> don't. Don't say that, Chad. You I sold phones, to, you know this. You know this. You sold phones for a living. I will have to edit this now. <laughs> <laughs> When's his birthday? I'll send him one. No, it's June, but no, don't. I like the iMessages. No. <laughs> the emojis. We will uh, keep him in a smartphone. But um, but yeah, so he went along to the to the conference with me. And the conference we're talking about, um, I guess like I would help all in. Like, that. What yeah. are we talking about? <laughs> so uh Jim Staley with Passion for Truth Ministries, uh, had a conference this weekend. Uh, It was a one-day conference. It was in Branson, Missouri, along with Nathan Harmon of the Wilderness Driven Family. Uh, It was held at the Freedom Encounter building there in Branson. And it was about nine hours of just being immersed in the word of worship, of prayer, of love and fellowship. It was, it was a revival. That's, that's what it was. It was just, again, I'm going to ramble probably, but I just, you know, it's been over. It it ended at 9 PM. So it's been over, you know, a little more than 24 hours. Mm -hmm. My adrenaline has not come down at all <laughs> i don't know if you can tell <laughs> but... <laughs> okay I you can you, tell. i thought you got but... that i the iv for starbucks installed in your car finally <laughs> it's the iv drip it comes down the rear view mirror and goes straight into the vein no, driving no. To work. small a small cup of coffee that's all i've had all day <laughs> so it's uh so it's jim staley's conference mm-hmm. with nathan Harmon. Mm-hmm. called 12 to 1 yes and it 12. was today which is sunday january 30th no, it was actually it yesterday. Was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Oh, you drove back all day today. Mm-hmm. So yes. it was January 29th on Sabbath. and uh, Yeah, we started around lunchtime-ish. Yes, uh, Sabbath, there, eight, nine hours. Which is kind of a, a, a good lead-in. So I'm not sure exactly mm-hmm. what time we started. The, the difficulty and the obstacles of not only, you know, people getting there, you know, my family mm-hmm. included, but other families that I talked to while we were there, uh, other families that I, I wanted to meet up with and then weren't able to. Uh, so the participants, the audience had a hard time getting there with tons of opposition. But Jim Staley mm-hmm. and the the other hosts, because there were so many people, so many ministries worked together to put this on. I know Lon and Lamb was involved and several others um, to make this event happen. But they were all just met with obstacle after obstacle after setback all the way up. I mean it was sickness it was you know mechanical breakdowns it was 
you know, five, just minutes before it was supposed to start, the entire internet went out oh, completely. Gosh. Yes. And so they had to call in the internet provider to come in where we could get started. And you, you know, get a live stream without it. Exactly. Yeah. There was, you know, uh, the, so much of it ran off well, of, well, there's know, a, the there's, internet. There's a, there's a theory that when it says Satan's the prince of the air, it means prince Ooh. of the airwaves. Because mm. airways wasn't a really term back then, but airwaves, like all the media, you know, the podcast, the radio, the internet, email, telephones, all these various means of communicating ideas. Wow. I didn't even put that together. And that plays right along with, there was a vision that Jim shared that I think it was someone, and I may recount this incorrectly. So go to Jim's page to, to, to get the full story. What is but, it? Um, it's, I think he has a, a page, I think, that may, be, may just be Jim Staley, but then the Passion for Truth Ministries also mm-hmm. has a page as well. And then, of course, passionfortruth.com. Uh, are, are, are they back up as a ministry? Yeah. As a uh-huh. church? So they, they, they're keeping the original name? and Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it's Passion I, I for Truth know. 2.0, I think, is, is how he calls it. Okay. Because I was yeah. making sure because I, I haven't heard about, I haven't heard much from him in several years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he started a brand new thing. You know, if the audience might not be aware either. If he started a brand new thing or if he's just revamping Passion for Truth. So um, he's doing the Passion for Truth again. Same name. Okay. But I'll, I'll get to that. It's, it's okay. better. <laughs> so new and improved. Um, but he had shared a vision as, as they were facing all of this op- opposition that I believe it was someone on their worship team had had, a, had I believe it was an open vision of the enemy like in a control room mm-hmm. you know with like the different keyboards and the different monitors mm-hmm. you know Prince like, of yes fighting them that way mm-hmm. so so what you said that that perfectly matches the vision that they had so they immediately started praying of course the internet provider was able to quickly come in and, and get it back up and running but almost every time if you go back and watch the replay Almost every time Jim would get the mic, mm-hmm. his mic would go out, and he'd he'd have to go get another one. It was just every time, every time. I mean, it was just the wildest thing. But the the opposition of the enemy not wanting him to speak was mm-hmm. very clear, very very clear. And that brings something to mind too, because I know we have deacons and elders and pastors. And- apostles and prophets and you know, all these people in the church these you know, writers etc mm-hmm. uh but the, the some of the unsung heroes are the audiovisual people oh for sure you cannot do anything without them and then you don't ever see their face never know their name but i mean it's just it would be literally impossible without them like you do all the tech for for a podcast here because i wanted to do one for years but i had no idea what the buttons do <laughs> so <laughs> melissa jumped on and helped me for like i've wanted to do a podcast for like five years now but i couldn't do it on my own so melissa knows all the tech stuff so she does our audio video plus co-hosting uh but i mean like we have matt hannah at my congregation and he does that because we couldn't do anything we couldn't do live stream we couldn't do recording we could do any of that without them so i really appreciate all the people that know how to do these things i think it's a special gifting because when the tabernacle was being built, there was a Danite and a Levite, a Holiab and Bezalel. God gave them special gifting to make the tabernacle and how, and also to teach other people how to make materials for the tabernacle. Yes. It was a supernatural download of how they, because they're slaves in Egypt for 400 years. They weren't goldsmiths or silversmiths or embroiders or carpenters. They were all slaves making bricks. 
but God gave them a supernatural ability to do that. So the ministry could continue. And I think it's the same way with the audiovisual people. A lot of times like that's a gifting, it's a calling, mm-hmm. you know, you're not just some side person. Also people that cook in the kitchen, all the conferences I've been to, everybody's hungry. All the ladies that cook, I mean, the people do their gift of helps. They're passing out water, setting up chairs. So I was giving a shout out to those folks real quick. And in this case, it seems like they, they kind of saved the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they they had some darts thrown at them this weekend for sure. But... So how many microphones did you go through? I was like two, three or four or higher? At least, at least. It was every and time. none of them spoke. worked? They were. They would start cutting out. He would get mm-hmm. a few sentences out and then nothing he would have to switch wow. I mean, it was just it almost became comical it's like oh yeah i did you it again. Lose a train of thought and get self-conscious <laughs> <laughs> no if he did you couldn't tell because it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't jim speaking it was the holy spirit it was mm-hmm. just anointed from start to finish so i'll i'll, I'll give a little bit of my experience mm-hmm. and and again i'm uh, warning i'm gonna ramble <laughs> but <laughs> So we, we get there and just, you know, first of all, you know, you see the meme of Buzz Light, you know, Zitsi everywhere, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, it's like, oh, I'm home. And, you know, the people in the parking lot, it's Shabbat Shalom, how are you? You know, it's just love everywhere. It was just amazing. So we, you know, we walk in, we register, you know, we walk into the auditorium. It's general admission, so you don't have a sign seating. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we're just excited to be there. We're not thinking about the Holy Spirit directing our steps. We're, we're just looking for a chair. Where do we want to sit? Chad mm-hmm. wants to sit in the back. Yeah. I can't see that well. So we're having this conversation. Chad and Melissa are both uh, vertically challenged. Yes. So <laughs> Uh, some tall nice. person's in front of them. <laughs> this is not going to work. Yeah, exactly. We we spent many of all games looking at the back of people's heads. <laughs> so. I think in Lord of the Rings, where they put him on the, hel- the the dwarf guy on the helmet, so you he can see where the orcs are through <laughs> some castle wall. I can't see the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> they need, you know what? They need to invent some kind of stadium seating that like essentially functions as booster seats. That would <laughs> be beneficial. Yes. Yeah. So so we're walking in. We decide, you know, I'm not going to be able to see if we sit in the back. So we, you know, we're having this conversation. So we're walking and we're walking a little bit closer to the front. You know, we want to be close to the front, but not too close to the front. That You know, we're on live stream the whole time. So, <laughs> you know, we're trying to find the happy medium. So we, we go about halfway down and about halfway down, there's a, there's this wider row, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, would obviously we didn't need the leg room, <laughs> you know, seriously. But we kind of head down this aisle, and we're actually going to sit in the aisle, in the row in front of it, rather. And so as we kind of cut the corner, and we're going into this, you know, wide area, which, you know, would probably be for, like, wheelchair accessible, you know, something like that. Um, We're heading down this row, and the lady in the second seat, it's mostly, I think at that point, it was a completely empty row, except for the ladies in the first two seats. The lady in the second seat, you know, picks up her things out of the third seat. And she's like, well, at that point, she just picked herself up and kind of motioned. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 no. You're fine. I'm going to the row in front of you. No worries. We don't. I'm cracking jokes. We don't need the leg room. And <laughs> we're laughing. So we're going. I just go on to the row in front. And I'm about to sit down. 
and she you know Chad was kind of behind me and she kind of said more to him and she's like no 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 y'all come sit here come sit with me and he was like hey babe she said we can sit with her come on let's just sit with her like okay so we go we sit down with this lady now we're from the middle of nowhere Kentucky I'm in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, if you go know by both of our accents. <laughs> so, I mean, literally the middle of nowhere. We've got three stoplights. So, my pastor and his wife, they live off grid. They do not have social media of any kind at all. I'm not even sure if she has a smartphone. <laughs> so, back on that topic. But maybe she does. I don't know. Anyway, definitely no social media presence whatsoever they're they're off grid and so i'm i'm kind of come back to that so i'm sitting down with this lady and we were kind of chatting we're looking around and i'm telling her you know i'm looking around because there was another couple that i was going to meet i've been faced this will all time later there <laughs> was uh, a lady that i've been facebook friends with for eight years her facebook page said she was from louisville for the last eight years Due to the photos with landmarks in Louisville. And it said Louisville. I thought she lived in Louisville. Also from Kentucky. But two and a half hours you know, away. Because she lived, as far as I know, in civilization. So, <laughs> <laughs> looking for her. And so, I'm looking around and looking at all the people. I mean, there's probably 2,000 people here. And so, I turn around kind of behind me and look. And I see a lady that I'm Facebook friends with. I follow her on TikTok. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's Jess. I really want to meet her. And she said, oh yeah. She said, this lady sitting next to me. She said, I got to meet her at the Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 4610 conference. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I got to meet her there. She's like, funny story. <laughs> so if you went to the conference you and you're listening, you probably know this story. But apparently there was a bear who stayed in the tree above the women's restroom and this bear would come down. Wait, 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 wait. A bear lived in the tree. A, well, he would stay there during this conference. A bear, but the bit like an actual bear. Yes. Is in the tree. Yes. Near the bathroom. With, yes. Where they camp. Gosh. Yes. Oh, everybody's he, camping. Yes. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a conference building. Like a no, well, I, I'm not sure. Video. I don't remember. It wasn't uh -huh. Sukkot. I don't think it was Sukkot. I think, no, because they went to Zach's for Sukkot. So it was no. just, I guess, a conference where they, because they, they have ground. a, yeah, they had a yeah. campground. So they were all there. I'm not even sure. Okay. Maybe, well, we maybe Arkansas. I believe Arkansas. So we in Tennessee, we had a, the first Sukkot I was here. The people were literally worried about a bear coming and getting them in the middle of the night. It was East Tennessee. There are bears here too. So never had that concern before. <laughs> so yeah. So if you ever meet anybody that went to this past uh, Isaiah 46, I think it's 4610 conference. I'll have to look it up in a moment. You'll have to ask them about the bear story because wow. I've, I've heard it so many times. So she starts to tell me this, mm -hmm. this story that I'd heard so many times that it was Jess's cooler that the bear kept getting into. So, you know, that was funny. So she was telling me that and I was kind of laughing and saying, you know, yeah, I've heard this story before, you know, my pastor's wife was telling me this story. I'm not my pastor and his family went to this conference and 
you know, it's just the natural flow of conversation. She naturally asked, oh, who's your pastor? You know, thinking there's probably Mm -hmm. a couple thousand people at least at that conference too. What's the odds of her knowing meeting them? You know, even meeting them. They're off grid. And and it's a big country. And people all over the United States are here. It's not just like a local. Oh, exactly. It's not the, you know, the next town over bumping somebody at the Walmart. This is, you're in Kentucky. They're in Missouri. Mm -hmm. Conference in Missouri. And there's people from all over the country there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And at this point, I didn't know where she was from. Um, I just know she was sitting next to me and she went to this conference, the same conference with thousands of people that my pastor and his family had gone to from middle of nowhere, Kentucky. (laughs) So she's like, what's your pastor's name? And so I told her and she's like, and she, she called his wife's name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And so we're both sitting there, you know, mouths open. Like, how do you, do you know my pet? And she starts naming their kids. <laughs> we're just like, favorite breakfast like, cereal. I'm like, what? <laughs> and she grabs her phone. She's like my best friend. I'm like, no, she's my best friend. <laughs> Oh, we're like, what? We just came from different parts of the United States, mm-hmm. sat down next to each other in Branson, Missouri, and we have the same best friend. Well, you said, was it like, you know, she like scrolling through the phone? It's like the last person she texted yeah, or something? Yeah, the last person she texted. Like, like, that was her proof. She pulls out her phone. It's like, right yeah. there, there's, there's her name. Well, that goes back to the <laughs> biblical principle of, you know, the issue is that if you lose, you give up family to follow him, you'll get 100 times as much. You can vote fields, you get 100 times as much. And I always thought, oh, that must be in the kingdom when you, when you get to heaven. But sometimes we, a lot of people do lose physical family over it. Either you totally lose them or you're just not close like you used to be. But these things like this, your family does get multiplied. Your spiritual family gets multiplied in numbers very quickly or immediately or in an instant, far greater than your blood family. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a real family, you share things like an ax. Like if you give up one field, that's okay. You've got 50 new best friends who have 50 fields of their own. So you're not going to starve. You know, so you, you get reimbursed for all the family and the friendship and all that you lose normally when you come into this because you become less like the world and therefore there's less people you can really connect with. But he totally supernaturally brings people together. Yeah, I mean, you it replace was, what you lost. Yeah, totally supernatural moment. We are sitting there completely in awe at the father directing us because, you know, we almost sat in the back and then we almost yeah. went to the row forward. And, you know, there was we so could have missed each other so many times. Yes. But then, you know, he had me sit down next to her, you know, and it's mm-hmm. clearly like, okay, we're, we're having a moment like God put us here, like this. We're in this moment of recognition. And my friend from Louisville, <laughs> here she comes. She's waving and smiling. And so, you know, I, I hop out of my chair and I run to meet her and I'm hugging her and, you know, meeting her husband as well for the first time. And you know, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you just met. We're like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> we just met. <laughs> We've known each other eight years, but we just met. And so my husband walks up and I'm introducing her. I'm like, hey. This is my friend from Louisville that I was telling you about. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not from Louisville anymore. Well, I'm still from Louisville. But she's like, we've been in Arkansas for years now. 
I'm like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that you were in Arkansas. So, you know, we're standing there, we're chatting and we're catching up. Oh, and I even forgot to tell you this earlier. She's like, I was looking on your Facebook page. She said, we have a mutual friend. And I'm thinking she's going to name off some, someone who's a Torah keeper. Yeah, yeah. No. Our mutual friend is a lady that I met probably, oh my goodness, probably 15 years ago who was very, very key in my complete life change and change mm-hmm. in my spiritual walk. Um, I guess at some point I'll share my testimony, but at I was in a really, really bad place in life and I knew I needed deliverance ministry mm-hmm. and I Googled it. Well, actually it was a friend of mine from Nashville who you know, you know the story about the divine meeting of the Salvation Army. So it was the Berry Hill Salvation Army. Yes, Berry Street. Yes. So, man, we could do a podcast on that one too. Yeah. But from Laura over that that moment, my friend who I who suggested that I go to that church that day, mm-hmm. he was like. You know, why don't you see if there is a deliverance ministry closer to your home in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky? Well, at the time I had a job who, who helped me travel and I was traveling throughout Louisville at times. Google deliverance ministry, met a wonderful pastor from, um, I think he's from Africa and his ministry, I guess, assistant ministry partner was this mm-hmm. precious little lady who just, her name was Carol. Took me under her arm, loved me, prayed for me, discipled me, changed this this lady, changed my life with her prayers for me and her guidance. I mean, hands down, I have to give her so much credit for the work that she did in me, you know, through Yeshua. Mm. But um, it was just um, an evangelical church there that I just happened to Google that I was never attended church there. But mm-hmm. I would have meetings sometimes there, you know, throughout the week with her when I was in town. Job. Oh, you would go there for your job and then you had meetings with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have meetings gotcha. with her after hours. Yeah. So anyway, that was the mutual friend that I had in common with this, wow. this lady like from Arkansas <laughs> who I met then in Branson. So we start having this moment then like, oh my gosh, we both know Carol. And so we're sharing stories about how instrumental Carol was in both of our lives. And just, you know, I believe Carol is past now, but just being able to share those memories, you know, it was just amazing to share the, the impact that she had had on both of our lives. And that's what keeps physical families together usually is, is memories like the same grandmother, same aunt, you know, same childhood experiences. Then you grow up, move apart different parts of the country. We have memories of the same person that might have passed. But this is like the spiritual level of, it's like you both had the same favorite aunt or something. Yeah, yeah. But you never didn't grow up together, but you're the same favorite aunt spiritually. <laughs> yes, yes. And so anyway, so she begins to tell me, you know, hey, you know, obviously I'm not in Louisville anymore. She's like, I've been, been in Arkansas for years, but she's like, we're really struggling to find fellowship. We don't know anybody here. You know, we've been here so many years and we just can't find anybody. I'm like, you know, hang in there. And so I kind of, you know, give her her testimony about how we didn't either for 10 years and now mm-hmm. they're everywhere and was trying to encourage her. And so I, I go back to sit down and let them get settled in they ended up sitting in the two seats that chad and i were originally going to sit in (laughs) (laughs) 
So they're sitting in front of us. I go back and sit down. And so I'm telling my new friend, you know, that went to the Isaiah 4610 conference. Mm -hmm. I'm telling her this second amazing moment that just happened over there. And I'm, you know, telling her all this and I'm like, my mind is blown. I just had this God moment with you. I just had this God moment with her. You had a good kind of come apart. You had to come apart. Oh yeah. Well, it continues because I go on to tell her then, you know, what we were chatting about. I'm like, yeah, she's from Arkansas. She can't find any fellowship. So my new friend grabs me by the arm and she's like, what? (laughs) She's from Arkansas. She can't find any fellows. She's like, I'm from Arkansas. (laughs) I can't find any fellowship. (laughs) So immediately, like, every, like, we all reconnect again. And so they're talking and, you know, they're not super duper. They're not in the same town or anything, but they're definitely within driving distance. And so everybody's adding each other on Facebook, making these connections. Like, oh, yeah, we know this person in common and we know this person Mm -hmm. in common. Let's plan something. You know, things, things are happening. So... You know, we're just, we're just in awe, you know, and then this is before the conference even starts, Brian. <laughs> this, this is well, it's, it's, it's a rule of a recompense in the Torah. If, it's, if a thief steals something, you get it paid back five times. And I think sometimes it happens like, you know, you've been robbed of fellowship all these years or robbed of friendships and all of a sudden, boom, it's independent, you know, it's justice day. Yes. And then it all comes back. Like you missed all this, but you're getting your back in abundance. It's like, oh, I meet one friend on Facebook. And I was like, no, you all of a sudden have all these people, <laughs> all these connections with that you missed all these years. It gets, it's a recompense. And if any of you guys need to find local Hebrews, Messianics, tour keepers, go to shalomdeheart.com and look under the way and look under Hebrews nearby. There was a regional group started for every state or every area of the country. You can see your little region, like there's an Arkansas group and a Tennessee group and a Texas group. And, a Kentucky uh, group. And a Kentucky group. <laughs> and they're all listed on there. Go to shalomdeheart.com and look up the way and then Hebrews nearby. And there's all, there's several fellowship finders as well for different organizations. And there's also a Facebook group for each individual group or each, each state or each region. So Arkansas Messianic Torah Fellowship is the Arkansas one. So, but there's a little, you'll see the state name on there or the read or the, the listing of the states. It's like Southwest is like Arizona, Utah, Nevada all together. Mm-hmm. But anyway, look on it and you can join the group and it's like a billboard. Just say whatever city you're in and there'll be people there that are probably close by or they know someone there. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a useful tool for, to accelerate these kind of, kind of meetings. So you get the conference hadn't even started with yet and you had a. Oh, I mean, we were air cups runneth over. I mean, it was, we were already so full. Again, no Wi-Fi conference hasn't even started. It's not been one word preached from the stage. And yet we're having church. (laughs) We're having church in the audience, in the seating. We're just, you know, and this is just one row. If this much happened in my little row, before the even, I cannot wait to hear the testimonies mm-hmm. who that come from the other rows. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just if this much happened in my little row, even before it started, what else do we not know about yet? So, so the confer- the conference goes on, and and it, it gets started, and and I, you know, I'll just be transparent. You know, there's 
there's times when I'm just dealing with a lot of inhibitions and the Holy Spirit will tell me something and I'm like, yeah, it's just, that's just in my head. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, it's it's not what I'm hearing, especially if it's telling me to do something I don't really want to (laughs) do. You know, I start, you know, it's no, mm -mm, nope, nope. So at this point in the conference, we're pretty early in at the point that I'm talking about. I know worship, I know worship was going on at this point, so I'm not sure how we did a lot of worship. So I'm not sure how long the conference had really been started at this point. But mm-hmm. you know, we're just singing and we're praising, and you know, some people have raised hands. Everybody's on their feet, though. Oh, and you know, I'll I'll, I'll have to do a recap for you at some point if you haven't watched the full playback yet. Um, but where could about, they find the playback at? Uh, it's at Passion for Truth. At passionfortruth.com, uh, yep. there is a link there. Uh, it's a, I think it may be a private link because I tried to find, it, it will link you to YouTube where you can watch the entire conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also have it posted on my Facebook page. I'll make sure I'll go over tonight and post it on the Shalom Letters page as well. But so anyway, so we're at this part of worship. Still, everybody's still maybe got a little bit of inhibitions. The hands are raised, but... Everybody's on their feet. Oh, what I was going to say, he, at some point, somebody, I think it was Jim was preaching Joshua one, three. I think this was way hours before. I'm thinking this is six or seven hours before Mm -hmm. he ever even mentioned that scripture. He had us all take off our shoes. So I do know that I'm barefoot at this point Mm -hmm. in my mismatched socks, but I I didn't care (laughs) at that point. So Holy Spirit is nudging me to go lay hands mm-hmm. on the woman at the end of the row. Hadn't talked to her yet. And at this point, we had the lady who was with my friend, my new friend, who was sitting mm-hmm. in the first seat. I hadn't spoken to her yet. And then we had a family who was sitting next to Chad, who took up the rest of the row. It was, I believe, a brother and a sister, and then the brother's wife, uh, and then their two kids. And I'll come back to them later, too. <laughs> <laughs> so... Holy Spirit just kept nudging me to, to go lay hands on this. So I'm like, Mm-mm. nope, it's not what I'm hearing. It's not what I'm hearing. <laughs> nope. And it just kept nudging me and kept nudging me. And it like three times. We all I'm know like, God does never ask you anything <laughs> awkward. A study of the prophets <laughs> in the Bible will show he will never ask you to do anything unusual. <laughs> Doesn't happen. So I'm just pretending like I'm not hearing and I'm just struggling so hard. And. Jim asked if I think it was Jim. It could have been Nathan. Asked them to raise their so Jim hands. Jim Staley or Nathan Harmon. The mm-hmm. They raise your hand if you have been experiencing suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. She raised her hand. <sighs> Still getting cold chills from it. So um, I lost my first husband to suicide. Um. It's just been Chad lost his father to suicide. So there has been a lot, a lot of pain with that. And you have an anointing in, in that area because you've overcame it and you faced it before. <sighs> I'm, I'm still here. Hang on. Okay. I think maybe that's why you had to be the one to pray. So needless to say, I finally, I ran. 
I mean, yeah. she was only a couple seats down when I ran at that point. And um, my new friend, she was kind of, you know, she was kind of standing up worshiping. So I was able to just go behind her and go straight, straight to the lady sitting on the end. And I, I don't have words. I just, I don't have words. Um, I began to pray for her. And I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds crazy, but I, I, I've just, I've never experienced anything like it before. Mm -hmm. And so I know this sounds crazy, but I felt her pain and I I haven't told her this. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll probably call her before I, um, post this, but I felt it and I cried ugly and loud, but It was it was me crying, but it wasn't me crying. I don't know how to. T- I don't. Well, you were crying on her behalf. That happens. That happens to intercessors a lot. <sighs> that ever before. I could feel it, and it it hurt, and it was a sadness. Like I, the reason I think I can say it was me, but it wasn't me, because part of it was me, because to know that I didn't go. The mm-hmm. first three times that he told me to go lay hands on her, I was crying for that. I was crying because I already loved, I can't explain it, but I loved her. I mm-hmm. loved her in a way that was immediate and I can't, I didn't even know her name, but I loved her. And to know that she had that pain and that she had that thought broke me. It crushed me. And so I was crying. I was I was bawling boom because I was hurting because of those feelings that I didn't go the first three times and that she, I loved her and that she had those. But then again, I was crying for her because I could feel what she was feeling. And I don't even know how long I was there, but I ended up monkey arming like around her neck and I was on the knee on my knees on the floor. And I don't know how long I was there, but it was, it was something it was something. It was just, like I said, it's, I have words I'm rambling, but at the same time, I'm still speechless Yeah. over that moment. But she felt something too, because she kept, she kept coming back to me saying, I love you. I remember she grabbed my face one time and I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know me, I really, I went through a spell in my life where I, I felt like I lacked love and I really needed, I really sought love mm-hmm. a lot of times in the wrong places so I've, yeah, I'm very as, as we all have I'm, I'm very needy when it comes to love i need to be loved and she grabbed my face she grabbed my left cheek <laughs> she just like cupped my cheek and she was like i love you she's like you are so precious and so like she was filling me up too <laughs> and it was just it was just a moment and it was such a God moment. It was the, and like, the, you could feel it. The air was thick. Like, mm. I, I know I posted it on Facebook. I'm Look like, the vote. Holy Spirit is palpable. Like, I feel like I can reach out and grab a handful of it. Again, I know I sound crazy. <laughs> or in Hebrew, they actually say the weightiness of God. Like, like when the air becomes heavy. That's how they describe the Shekinah, the Kavod, the glory of God. It's like a heaviness 
that you can feel. I didn't know and, that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're describing. It's like a like a heavy feeling of the air, like a bad heavy, like depression, no. but like no. a like a just a thickness almost. Yeah. And the that's how they describe it. That's how they, that's really literally the heaviness. And the uh, and that's also to honor. It means to give weight to. Like there's an honor your parents. There's a scale. And, you know, whatever side of the scale is taken into consideration, what would benefit your parents, that gets the most weights added to it. But the, yeah, the kavod is the heaviness. The, 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 that's the concept of the heaviness. And that's exactly how they describe it. Like when the glory filled the tabernacle, it was the heaviness. Mm. But the, and those are like kingdom moments too. And not only you feel the, 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 the kavod, the heaviness of God, but you also, uh, the Catholics and the early Protestants called it communion of all souls. Like when you get to the kingdom, there is no, there's no fig leaves. There's no fear of each other. There's no secrets from each other. There's no reason to not love each other. So, but you get that with millions of people from all ages from the beginning of mankind until now with millions of them at once. And that's when you get to the kingdom. You know, it's like that, but with multiplied times billions of people. Oh my gosh, Brian, I feel like I'm cheating and gorgeous right now because you just, I know you haven't watched the playback yet and that's kind Mm -hmm. of what makes this like even more interesting because that was one of the things that, that, you know, if, and everybody just, I can't recount it. Go watch all the videos that Jim posted prior to go watch the conference. Um, Jim had a vision. Mm-hmm. I think it was a vision. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was a vision from the Lord. He got a word. Needless to say, he got a word from the Lord. And he put out a video before the conference where he shared the word that he received from the Lord. And it had to do with taking that first footstep, crossing the river over into the promised land. And one of, one of the things that he mentioned, I don't remember if it was in the vision or at the conference was, you know, again, us being barefoot, taking that first step for where our feet trod. And he talked about stripping off the garments, you know, how before you go into mikvah, you know, you take off all your old garments. And that was one of the illustrations. You said no fig leaves, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're just basically, and his word was naked, basically naked. You know, you were just yeah. there. And, that, and in Judaism in the mikvah, the women do it where there's just women, but they do get completely, no makeup, no earrings, no nothing. Yeah. When they go into mikvah. Yeah. And yeah, I wish I had a thought not to wear makeup. It got ugly. <laughs> I wore makeup 10 minutes in. My face is black. <laughs> my is running. I don't care. I don't even know it until I go to the bathroom later. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I went to the bathroom and washed my face later. But, um, yeah, I just, I mean, you couldn't help to have 2,000 people in a mm. one heart. There was love oozing everywhere Mm -hmm. like i said the spirit was thick and everybody singing the same words praising yahweh it was just every there everyone was there for the same purpose and that unity was that's what the sabbath supposed to be every that's what the sabbath was intended to be every single week and the eight biblical feasts that was what those were intended to be with millions of people because the entire country is doing it at once you know, the entire nation doing it at the same time in the cities. 
that the eight feasts are supposed to be there every year and then the Sabbath every week for that. And that's what marriage is supposed to be like. The kingdom is supposed to be like. And that's why the first century church grew so much. It says in Acts, basically because they loved each other so much. They, they, they went to their houses and they ate a meal together every single day of the week just to experience that. Yeah, yeah. And they want to die for this. I mean, there wasn't like regular church. They were willing to die for each other, die for the faith and die for each other. Yeah, that's the kind, that is, I had a bite-sized, nine-hour taste of mm-hmm. that. And I can account for everything you just said. When I left there, I was posting on Facebook. I'm like, I want to do this every moment of every day for the rest of my life. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be addicted to that. I'm going to be seeking that feeling. This feeling, I still have it. I'm going to be seeking that from this moment on. I mean, I can totally see. I mean, because I'm that way with my pastor and his wife. Like, I just mm-hmm. love them so much. I want to see them every day. And uh, now I have all these new people. And I, I'm like that with you because I talk to you every day. I'm like, Brian, I have to talk to you today. I just, there's this indescribable just hunger yeah. for that. And fear is opposite of love. So when the, the fear is removed then you can love like that mm. when we learn not to be afraid of each other and, and insecure and being exposed and not being enough and all this stuff. Oh, and guess what song they sang right after that? What's that? Fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your, in your love. love. That's right. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. Love drives out fear. I think it's in John, um, John Paul Jackson, the guy I learned German interpretation from, he took a, he went when he's alive, he took a team, the burning man, you know, these are nothing but pagans, right? I mean, straight out heathens. And uh, they had a tenant where they would they'd re- they'd rename things like a dream interpretation or prophecy. They just give it a, a less overtly Christian name. But they had people just come to the tent like, "Can I just sit in here? Can I just sit here and stay here? I feel safe here. I don't feel safe anywhere <laughs> in the world but here." So they have people come in the tent and just sit in the floor, not get a dream interpretation or anything. They would just sit there. Because they wanted to be in the Kavod because they couldn't find peace anywhere else in their life. And I mean, you guys, a lot of you guys don't know me back in my 20s, but I was wearing black nail paint and reading Anne Rice novels. And I was a hot mess. I mean, depression and anxiety doesn't begin to describe it. Uh, I had a stain CD, a Smashing Pumpkin CD, and one of those was going 24 hours a day, seven days a week in my dorm room in the military. So it, I was bad place, bad place. And, uh, really angry at god for 10 years my mom died when i was a kid i mean just mad 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 at god and you know smashing pumpkins mad at god black nail paint vampire the masquerade and rice novels mad at god yeah, and a billion. but these uh these christians on base they had a little home group they go to somebody's house and hang on, i wasn't planning to be a christian i very much claimed not to be christian but I, I, they would go to their home dinner, their group and their dinner, and that was the only place I felt safe. I felt remotely cared about. I felt loved. Only place I didn't feel tortured. You know, so that's just the power of hospitality and fellowship and community, even for non-believers. It's just amazing. So I was like you were saying, it's just it's life changing, and you can't get enough of it. Even if you don't want nothing to do with church at all you still can't get enough of it. But, you know, then if you are a believer, how much more so? Um, People are saying about the Sabbath. It's like, no, no, it's like, no, we get to be with our spiritual family for like eight hours. It's like Thanksgiving once a week, but you actually like these people. 
I am. I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. I was listening, but I wasn't okay. listening at the same time. So, um, just in a man's you... job in the conversation. <laughs> You're so funny. You're so funny. That's true. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> how women feel, guys. <laughs> so you know, this is how women feel all day. <laughs> so I believe. I believe it was so. The two primary characters that both, that both. Jim and Nathan, because I, I'm pretty sure they didn't coordinate what they were mm-hmm. going to preach. But uh, Jim primarily spoke out of Joshua, um, but Nathan spoke on Joshua and Caleb. Mm-hmm. Of course, they you know they had the, they had the good report, but there was there was this portion in Nathan's sermon, and I want to go in. I'd love to go back and pull it up. I want to. First wanted to say it was Caleb, and, and I apologize for not knowing scripture better than I do. Cannot call it to mind right now, but maybe it was Joshua. One of them would not leave the tent. They Joshua. were in, yeah, they were in the presence of God, and they would not leave the tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly and what you just described. Yeah, Moses would go back and forth for instructions, which is kind of like my personality. Give me instructions, I go do it. I don't, the worship thing is really difficult for me. Um, but Joshua just goes be there with God. Like he would just like, exactly what you're talking about. Just, just kind of bask in the presence, as they say, like soaking music, those CDs they have. Mm-hmm. He would just go soak. I think it's what they call it today. today. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, you didn't, you weren't even there, but yet you, you know, the message, like there's just, so this is just a beautiful thing that is just mm-hmm. being pieced together and it's so intimate and so interwound between all of these people that are just I mean it's just so beautiful um there was there was another gentleman who wasn't there and you and I are both Facebook friends with him now mm-hmm. thankfully you tagged me in a post earlier and so I'm going to read his post his name is Raymond um so his post says at this moment he was 3 hours in to this I think it was about nine hours that I was there Mm -hmm. uh, the 12 to 1 broadcast which took place in Branson Missouri this weekend and he said I'm very encouraged by what I see and hear so far so this is his summary of it and his reaction he said unity in Messiah and true healing and revival begins with contrite hearts confessing sin and recognizing that God, not us, is the one who makes us holy. We must confess that God is primary and sufficient, and that we are secondary and insufficient. Mm. First, the gospel transforms us. Then we obey his commandments, which are a blessing that we get to not have to obey. Our Our obedience provides evidence that God made us holy. And our obedience to the spirit and to the letter of God's law is a striving to confirm our election, as Peter writes. He says it was humbling to see corporate confession of sin, people ministering to one another in prayer. He said, I'm so glad that the healing being focused on is spiritual healing. Not that praying for physical healing isn't good. It is good. But what does it profit a man to have his entire body healed, but eventually die without being healed inwardly by the Holy Spirit? It's absolutely nothing. 
He said, I'm so humbled and glad that we serve the God who forgives and redeems. He takes filthy mud and straw-covered despised slaves in Egypt, and he makes them kings and priests. He washes us clean, and he gives us new life. He takes depression and gives us hope. He turns suicidal addicts and makes them into ministers of the gospel of the kingdom. Yeshua doesn't come to heal the well and the whole. He doesn't come to give an inheritance to those who trust in their riches. He comes to set the captives free and bind the brokenhearted and heal the sick and the shepherd, stinky sheep. The spirit that sanctified Joshua and Caleb and inspired them to have a good report and desire to cross over into the promise of God needs to be the same spirit that by faith we submit our minds, hearts, wills, desires, and flesh to every morning and every evening. Only by being sanctified by the Holy Spirit will we be transformed by Him into a body that crosses over into the fullness of the promises of the covenant that God has given us. We must be wholly committed to the Holy One of Israel. And that sums up our conference. I've never, I mean, that was, that was nine hours in just a couple of paragraphs. Do you, so there's two words for time. There's Kronos time and Kairos time in Greek. Uh, Kronos, time on the clock, you, know, you can measure it. And there's Kairos time, like the feast, the Sabbath, this, this, you know, your kid's born, you know, these kind of things. Do you, which is like time you can't really measure. Do you feel like you uh, kind of left time for a while? Like you just totally lost track of it? Oh, completely lost track of it. There's no way I could, let me, when I go to work and I'm there for nine hours, no offense, I love my job. <laughs> when, when that clock is ticking and it's nine hours, yeah. I'm ready to go. You Bro, know, it's time. You count that clock. <laughs> and I feel like it. I feel like it too. You know, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. I'm ready to go. Not, not at this conference. I wanted to stay. If, you know, if we could have, I would have been there for days. And you just feel like you just like totally lose track of time. Oh yeah. I mean, it honestly felt like I was there an hour, two, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it flew by. I couldn't get enough of it. I just, I wasn't, I, my cup was full, my cup was running over, but it was still like, give me more. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I don't know, the thought of leaving that atmosphere, of leaving that spirit of just, I didn't, I didn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. There was nothing, I mean, I, sure, I wanted to come home, sure, I wanted to see my grown kids, but I mean, yes, I wanted to do all that, but at the same time, that was where I needed to be, that was where I wanted to be, that was home for that moment like that was that's it has to be that that unity that corporate worship that I know I said kind of in the beginning I, I kind of digressed on my recap you know in the beginning it was you know a lot of inhibitions but you know it wasn't very long everybody I wouldn't should say everybody but there was a huge amount of people on their faces on their knees laying there were groups of people laying hands on each other you know we we just we had such a connection again it's just really indescribable I've never experienced anything like it but those those ladies that sat with me we ended up we were just praying over people we we saw a guy who was struggling behind us and we all turned around even Chad and we're laying hands on the guy behind us and um we we ended up just me and 
it was me and the two ladies and Chad. We were just all praying over each other. We were just all arms interlocked, all four of us. And the lady sitting next to Chad, she's like, I've got to be a part of this. She's like, I don't know y'all, but I love you. And she just jumps right in and immediately, like, we felt that same way. She was just oozing love. I know I've said that twice now, but she was just, her voice, her countenance, it was just this sweetness, this generosity, this humility. It was, I just, I don't know. There was something very particular and sweet about this lady and she just joined right in and just immediately she you know it's like we had known her forever but we didn't even know her name and so we worship together and we pray together and we cry together for hours hours and hours and and one of the reasons that I that I bring this lady up is you know we worshiped with her for so long and she was so beautiful and you know, my husband was sitting next to her, so he was talking about, he's like, she could sing. She mm-hmm. is beautiful. And, you is know, this I did. Is this the lady from Belize? Yeah, this is the lady from Belize. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, normally, normally I would be like really jealous and intimidated, but I wasn't, I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't mm-hmm. jealous or intimidated or anything. I was yeah, just, I'm in complete. part of fear. Um, was in complete agreement. Yes, she mm-hmm. she is. She is just a anointed. A, yes, yes, perfect word. And and you know we're we're talking about her, and she she had gone. I had thought she had left, but I guess maybe she had just gone. You know, either to the marketplace or gone to um going to the parking lot to the car, maybe or something. So we we were scared she had gone, but she ended up um. She had come back in, and so we got a chance to talk to her again just for a moment before we left. And I'm like, I feel so bad. I didn't even get your name. And so she tells me her first, I have her first name only. And we're like, you know, where are you from? And so she said, I'm from Tennessee. You know, I'm, I'm outside. I don't live in Nashville. I live outside of Nashville. And, and you know, Chad goes on. And, well, I said I'm from Kentucky, and then I'm like, well, actually, I said I was from Kentucky first. And she's like, well, I'm from Tennessee. And I'm like, oh, where? So she says, you know, outside, I'm outside of Nashville. And Chris, and I'm sure when you think Kentucky, you think Louisville. Everybody thinks that. When you think Tennessee, you think Nashville. I mean, that's just the nature of it. So we're thinking we're miles apart, hours and hours and hours apart, not realizing. And so I'm like, well, my husband is you know, he was born in Indiana, but he's really from Tennessee. He's from the Clay County. We'll claim area. him. We'll claim him. <laughs> and um, so, so I'm like Clay County. He's like, she's not going to know where Clay County is. And I don't know if it just she didn't hear because it's still there's a lot is loud. Mm-hmm. So I don't. She probably didn't even hear what county that you know he grew up in. And you know, he's like, I'm from the Del Hollow area, and she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know kind of that area. And, but thinking he lives in Kentucky now. And so she didn't, mm-hmm. you know, we end the conversation there and we go on. So we're, we're talking about her on our drive home. Cause again, I'm just recapping this whole event all day today. <laughs> so uh, I cannot stop talking about it. And so we're just, you know, beating ourselves up. We didn't get her last name. We need to look her up. And so I think of your fellowship ponders. I'm like, Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I know she's in Tennessee. Tennessee Torah Fellowship, Chattanooga Tour Keepers, Kentucky, Kentucky Torah Fellowship. 
I'm like, and, and Chad was like, no, there's how many people in the United States? You know, we, we, she just said she's from Tennessee. We don't know that she still lives there or maybe mm-hmm. she lives there now, but she's not from there. He's like, you know, how do you know? How are you going to find her? I'm like, I'll start with Tennessee. I'll check a couple of my friends that I, that I know are in our circle uh, and are in that area. And maybe by chance they have a friend named Sherry. I'm like, I just really, I need to reconnect. I just felt this drawing. I had to reconnect with her. I just had mm-hmm. to. And sure enough, she wasn't a part of the group, but like the lady that I knew had a lot of connections that lived semi in that neck of the area. It actually lives mm-hmm. closer to me than Nashville. And sure enough, there she was. There's that her name is Sherry. I'll give her first name. There's Sherry. <laughs> like, I'm Moral of the story, don't borrow money from Melissa. She will find you. <laughs> She knows people that know people that live out in the woods <laughs> and own shovels. That's so funny. Chad kind of said the same thing. He's like, oh, my gosh. He's like, you must have called. And he's like, I would hate for you to, like, stalk me or something. I'm this like, is why I pick up my phone, guys. <laughs> my picture will be in a bottle of Manischewitz in 24 hours. <laughs> Do not return that phone call. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. That's true, too. <laughs> Are you alive? Did you eat your vegetables today? Uh, I missed your phone call today and my first message back was, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so funny. But anyway, long story Your mom, your mom, your boy mom, mom. your boy mom. This is true. It shows sometimes. So you finally found Miss Sherry from the conference? I did. I found Miss Sherry. So a little bragging at first. I'm like, ah, I found her. And told you I would. And so I click on her profile. She lives minutes minutes like five ten maybe minutes from chad's meal wow we have literally been on top of them probably in the same walmart at the same time countless numbers of times and have not met them and you went all those years about knowing anybody out there yes we went 10 years without knowing you know, I, mean, I had Tanya. Mm-hmm. That was it for years. Yeah, for years and years and years, it was just me and Tanya. Well, ten years, it was just me. And here are these people down the road that we didn't even know were there, but Yahweh takes them because mm-hmm. they probably to felt Missouri. pretty alone too. Yeah. Because we only have the one Torah keeper friend in common, so he took them to Branson, Missouri. He took mm-hmm. us to Branson, Missouri, and sat us down in the same row. And She's in Kentucky. You're in Kentucky. <laughs> She's in Tennessee. You meet in Missouri. You almost <laughs> didn't meet, but your husband was listening to the Spirit, <laughs> at least, and uh, took you right to the seat you're supposed to be at. Yes. To meet somebody from next a door, different basically. State, a different state, but next door. Of. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. I told you that story when I hadn't started. I started all these regional groups like Jamie Bertles from Hebrew Hearts runs them all now. But uh, I started this group for each region. But right before I did that, I just knew a lot of people and people, hey, I'm looking for fellowship. I don't know anybody. And this poor lady is in Oklahoma, had lived in this town for 10 years, never met a tour keeper in her life. So the lady writes me like a week later, says, I've lived here five years. I've never met a tour keeper. It's no town in the middle of nowhere. It's like, wait a minute. That town sounds familiar. So I wrote them both, like, where did you say you live? It's like, 
I think you should meet. You're both in the same town. Here's this other person's Facebook link, and there's the other one's Facebook link. And she's like, we're on the same street. I'm walking to her house right now. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So one of, for five years, they could have avoided all that loneliness, but there's no way to connect them. But they're in the same street in the same town for five years that know it. Wow. Like, had no fellowship or nothing. And they're like, right there. I'm walking to her house. True. Yeah, I'm walking to her house right now. I'm like, you're walking to her house? <laughs> And, and that's like, wow, we got to connect these people somehow, some way. Uh, so we all these regional groups pop up and then like, you know, the singles groups and everything and the veterans group and all these groups. But yeah, it's amazing that the, you guys met, but how important that is is also, you see how important it is to God is what I'm saying. That yeah, Psalm 68.5, he places the lonely in homes. Yeah, well, it reminded me of a time Chad and I, and I don't, I don't, I'm not a history buff, although I'm becoming more and more of one all the time. Chad and I were actually in a Bible museum mm-hmm. in, a, I guess it's technically in Pigeon Forge, Sevierville area. It was um, just a really small Bible museum. They have some amazing artifacts. If you're ever in that area, mm-hmm. look them up. It was one mm-hmm. tiny room, but I was in there for hours. Um but the gentleman who owned it was so kind and so generous with his time that he would just, he just basically walked with me for a little while. And he was just telling me about all of these pieces and how he acquired mm-hmm. him and all of this history. But he had this one little piece that stuck with me. I never really knew why until today. But he had this pocket Bible, I think is what mm-hmm. he called it with him and he was explaining that it was such a teeny tiny bible because whatever time period and country that this particular bible was from that uh, church services and bibles any possession of those was outlawed and illegal and i think you were mm-hmm. facing death if you got caught with the bible and i'm sure you better than i can yeah, but yeah. he was saying that they would take these pocket bibles and that they would you know hide them like underneath in like their armpits and hmm. if they were small enough that they could put them in their armpits and hold their arms, you know, still talk, move your elbows, and they wouldn't drop, they wouldn't drop their Bibles. Wow. So, I, didn't know that. I know the Waldensians used to put them in their clothes, like between the layers of their clothes, they would sew the pages of the Bible into their garment. Like in wow. Just, but I heard of that. That's amazing. So, like, is so, it like a little two inch tall one or inch tall? Yeah, yeah. It was just, you know, maybe two by three or something. It was oh, just wow. this really, really small Bible. And so as he was telling me this story, and I, and I again, I may be reciting it incorrectly, mm-hmm. but um, was telling this story about how because church services were outlawed and illegal at the time, that obviously they still were having underground church somewhere, somehow, but they didn't really have a way to communicate with each other mm-hmm. without the risk of it being intercepted and then yeah. death. So they 100% relied on God to literally direct their paths. So mm-hmm. every Shabbat, I don't know if it was Saturday, Sunday, regardless, whatever Sabbath they were keeping, when they wanted to get together to study and honor and, and worship Yahweh or God, that they did not communicate with one another at all. They literally let the spirit lead them and miraculously week after week, after a week, they the would same place. somehow show up at the same place. Wow, that is amazing. And I got to experience that. Mm. God picked the people that were going to set 
in my row <laughs> and picked us all at different times from different called places. Divine, divine appointment. Yes, and literally directed our footsteps to the exact seats that we sat in. In Iran, it's a thing right now with the Middle East all over because, you know, they will literally kill you from in the Bible still. It's like the Catholic Church Middle Ages or the Protestant Church in England. Uh, they would behead you for it or burn you at the stake. Um, how they meet is Jesus is appearing to people in dreams. They call him Isa. But Jesus or Yeshua is appearing to people in dreams in a white robe. And the preacher will stand out in front of a building and just ask random Muslims walking by, you know, Shia Muslims, did you see the man in the white robe? Did you see that? No one knows what he's talking about. Unless, because everybody's got a white robe on, it's, it's Iran. Um, but the people that had the dream will say yes and get all excited and say they had a dream about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll ask about this dream. He'll know which dream to ask him about. Like, Total strangers, did you have this dream? Did you have a dream about this guy? Yeah, when they do, when they do have the, the right dream, he knows to bring them to the underground church. Wow. It's all through dreams. And he's appearing in you know, North Korea and China and the orphanages of kids in China. But they do it by the dream. It's very you know, spirit-led. These are like people like Jesus appeared to them in a dream. They're the only believer they've ever met in their life. And this pastor will say, did you meet the man in the robe in your dream kind of thing? And just totally through the dreams. And you're know, like, you know, 2012, 2022, still going on that they meet in the dreams. And the, But I think that fellowship is a lot richer and fuller than just like five people i kind of sort of believe or i had nowhere else to go or my grandma goes here <laughs> oh you know, completely that's there's a whole different level of yes of things joe dallas uh, he founded um uh love one out conference it's a conference for former, former homosexuals but he's he's a baptist pastor he used to be homosexual came out of it and uh, he had this whole thing he did at that conference, which was, I saw a video of it. He said, a church should be more like a bar. When you go to, he was one of the first people to reach out to the gay AIDS community, HIV community back in the 70s. And the church totally shunned him, absolutely shunned him. He would go on radios mm-hmm. and reach out to people. Uh, they say, hey, we don't care if you have HIV, you can come to our church. We don't care if you used to be gay, you can come to our church. So, but he had this phrase, a church should be more like a bar. Because when you go to a bar, which he's very familiar with, you know, you don't have to dress up a certain way to be accepted. You don't have to present yourself a certain way. You don't have to pretend your life is perfect to go to a bar. You have this immediate fellowship with perfect strangers mm-hmm. in a way That's you true. don't have to hide. And a church should be more like a bar. And and uh, Monty Burks, who is head of the Faith-Based Initiative for Tennessee, so his job is to go into churches and teach churches how to help people with mental illness and addiction. He does this for the state, his job, and he has this good quote. It says, relationships the opposite of addiction. Because if we had this kind of relationship available, people wouldn't settle for the counterfeits. You know, right. which like the party and the bars, and these things are just counterfeits of the, the thing you described. Yes, You're Nathan said and, that. Yeah. Brian, Nathan, Nathan said that a couple of times that we oh, are wow. seeking the authentic. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing we think available is the counterfeit. It's the counterfeit or nothing. And once you've had the counterfeit, it's better than nothing. So you think that's the best it can ever be because it's better than what you had before. And people who never had the counterfeit don't understand it. So so then it causes isolation. We've had the real thing. You can't go back to the counterfeit. Mm -hmm. You know, because exactly. It's a relationship is opposite of addiction. John Eldridge wrote Journey Desire. And he was saying everything we're addicted to here 
is a smaller scale counterfeit of what we're intended to have in heaven. And he wrote this whole book about what you're describing. It's like this community of souls. Like you can have that without drugs or alcohol, but you can have it times a million. You know, like drugs, sex, and alcohol, the three things you get that kind of communion, but you can have it times a million in the kingdom. And you can have it, you know, amplified here on earth. The, the real thing, you get a piece of the real here on earth instead of just the counterfeit. But uh, it says the gift of God are without repentance. But the, when God gives a gift, it comes with it no sorrow. So if you're trying to get alcohol or drugs or, or you know, promiscuity or whatever to get that emotional need met, there comes a price. There's a negative price to that. There's a consequence There's a, that you don't want. But when God gives you something, it doesn't come with with these negatives. It's like that conference, you know, you didn't go to that and end up with a hangover. You didn't end up, you know, all these terrible things that happen, seeking the counterfeit. When you get the real deal, there's no ba- there's no downside to it. No, no, other than I had to leave and come home. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> other than Chad getting to hear about the whole back. <laughs> yeah, he might have something else to say about that. But no, seriously, no, he's still, you know, truth be told. You know, it's, it's what, 1130 here. We should have been in the bed hours ago, but we're both still so full. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I mean, you put it in a good way. It, it, we're on this high from this conference of experience. We experienced it. We saw it. We felt it personally, something that we've never felt before. You know, maybe we've had little pieces, you know, teeny, teeny, you know, appetizers Mm -hmm. here and there. Yeah, like we had such a big serving of it that we just feasted on for hours and just now can't get enough of, you know, and we're addicted to that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, we want to do it again. You know, we want to do it again. I want to, I want to be, which I've, I've, you know, since we've been in this walk, you know, you and I both, you know, and I'll, I'll pass off to you. I, I talked about you for hours to chat on the way home about all the things that you do that you just, you don't get credit for and you don't seek any glory for. You were talking about the fellowship groups earlier, just on this episode and you didn't take any credit, but you did that. I remember when you sat down with a map and you studied and you connected and you created all of these different fellowship groups for throughout not just the United States. I believe you have some internationally and then you yeah, sought Europe, out your... Africa, Asia. Yes, you did that. You have been so instrumental just in what you have done for the kingdom and bringing people together. That is just the weddings that you've been responsible for uh, in Hebrew hearts, the fellowship and connection of you bringing people together in these fellowship finder groups. Like it's amazing. Just today, just today on my way home, uh, there was a lady uh, from who used to attend our fellowship in Cave City. She was she has a friend in Wisconsin who was looking for fellowship, and she posted it in Dana's you know healthy messianic Taurus sisters leading healthy active lives group, mm-hmm. and she posted it in there. And I'm like, hey, I'm gonna add you to the Great Lakes group. So hop online real quick. I added her, and I'm like, hey, when you get in there, add your friend. Just make a post, and people show up you know it's like hey just i'm here and then suddenly all these people say oh i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm here yeah i saw it today i was wondering like she in kentucky or great lakes (laughs) i'll add her it's fine because people a lot of times people live somewhere but they're looking at moving or they live somewhere now but they're from somewhere else or they're gonna visit somewhere so hey just just join and it's 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 a community board it's not posting teachings or we don't even allow that 
it's hey i live here i'm moving there i'm traveling through there yeah, Chad uh, and I do job. that for a vacation. That's why yeah. we're in South Carolina groups. We're in the Florida mm-hmm. groups. We're in all of these different groups. Because, oh, we've had people break down the yeah. side of the road. They lived in Oklahoma, but they're in Florida. The car breaks down. They post in the Florida group. Oh, I live in that town. I'll come pick you up. Yeah, yeah. Immediate family. That is one of the things that I love about this. I know a lot of people give it a bad rap because there's sacred namers and there's, you know, all these Torah terrorists out there. Mm-hmm. who you know want to tear each other down but the majority the unspoken majority that don't get the notoriety that i spent this weekend with it's love it's generosity it's servitude it's worship it's unity like it's just amazing i'm so happy and i'm so thrilled and i'm so encouraged and just so on fire now to just take that little seed and that little ember that that they shared with me actually it's not little it's pretty it's five foot three right (laughs) and just take it and run like I just that's why I couldn't wait that's why we're doing a podcast in the middle of the night I'm like Ron we got to do this now stay up with me (laughs) can we do a podcast tonight I'm like we okay (laughs) it's great but uh, I'm a night owl, but very, very excited. But and there's a theory about like, in the first century that all the everybody's in Jerusalem and they got persecuted until they got scattered. It's like, well, God's trying to grow a church. Why is he letting them be persecuted? Because it forced them out of being clustered together. So they had to take it to different areas of the world. Otherwise, mm-hmm. they just all hang out and have a big old party in Jerusalem for the next two to 20 centuries. But they had to take it elsewhere. And that's what you're meant to do is take it home with you. Yeah. And take yeah. it to other people and take it to your church and congregation, and, you know, and show them, you know, you know, it's meant to be more than a book club. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, that should be my next meme. That's good. Um, but I, absolutely. There's just, I mean, and how could you not? Like, you know, that's again, that's why I'm taking it to the podcast series right now. How could you not? experience that i mean it's almost that same i remember when and i think we've all been there done that we all had a little bit of torah terrorist in us in the beginning when you first oh, opened the book and you're like what Liars. there were seven animals there's seven yeah. pairs going on the ark you like the sabbath is saturday you told me it was Sunday. What? My, my and... pastor has a little meme. It's like a, it's like the Pope and his <laughs> the staff and the white hat, and he's got like his eyes are on flames or lasers. Heresy. But <laughs> we got they lied to us. We got so just on fire because yeah. we had something, and that we saw mm-hmm. not everybody had. And we so, were what did we do? We were so zealous. We ran out and we crammed it down people's throats, which obviously was not the right thing to do. Yeah, relatives still barely talk to me. <laughs> I don't blame them either. I wouldn't talk to me either. <laughs> we learned from that, but that zealousness was true and genuine. You know, we mm-hmm. had good intentions, which we know Sometimes how that bad information goes. Yeah. From the internet, but we had good intentions. <laughs> but that zealousness kind of went away we got so focused on the truth Mm -hmm. so in the letter we were which was a great thing because we were super dissecting the scriptures we were looking for yeshua everywhere which was amazing because we found him and we got a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience but we totally missed the spirit 
part. Mm-hmm. And we lost that zealousness that we had in the beginning. That zeal was gone. Mm-hmm. And we just get tired. We're just tired of arguing. I mean, I almost walked away. I didn't walk away from Torah. But the whole movement, I'm like, I'm just tired of arguing with people. Right? Right? My whole life's arguing. I, mean, I could I could go back to being married. Do that. <laughs> no? uh, so I said, why am I arguing with people all day? I don't even like to argue. So right, this is the whole yeah. thing now. Is we just we learned all this stuff, and we argue about what we think we know, and then we learn half of it we don't know to begin with because somebody made it up and put it in a book and sold it to us. I mean, yeah. we, don't. we thought we were we thought we were such holy righteous people there for for a little <laughs> for a little while. We did. We thought we were doing this great thing because we were keeping all of these commandments that we were still miserably failing at, but we were really yeah. trying, thinking we were doing it. <laughs> and we just thought we were so fantastic and. You know, let's not listen to the Jews who've been doing this for thousands of years. In functional <laughs> communities. <laughs> we know better. Or even the Christians that managed to get along. I mean, I was uh, first got to Nashville. I was got the Air, Fo- Air Force from the College of Belmont, where I met some mutual friends. They were famous Caleb musicians now. But the uh, there's a group of charismatic Christians. I totally was not in alignment with their theology at all. But they just got together and they just loved each other. They go to each other's apartment and hang out till five in the morning. Just hanging out and hugging people and playing guitar. And, mm. I mean, it's amazing. It's like a, a holy version of Woodstock. Because oh, the people went to Woodstock, you know, they had the counterfeit, but they still talk about it, you know, six years later. But they, the charismatic group, they, I was still in my very anti-God phase. In some ways, I was a lot chilled off on it, but I was still pretty angry in ways. So I was back and forth. But anyway, it was, they didn't keep the Sabbath like I did or pretended to do or tried to do, but they were so loving and so connected and so much community. They would just hang out eight, nine hours and they'd share your food and pick you up on the side of the road. And, you know, if your car broke down and so loving. And I just wonder like if those the people that have that watch us argue and bicker all day, all the time. It's like, no, no, you got to come here and do what we're doing. Come, come over and argue with us. It's like, no, I'm not. Even, even if the theology is not exactly right, I don't really blame them for not giving up their fellowship to come have an argument. Right, exactly. That's not attractive. We're supposed to be able to reflect his light and it attract people to it. And we weren't reflecting his mm-hmm. light. We were reflecting our own. We had set ourselves up to be our soulish. own idols. Yeah, it was very, very ugly for a little while. And there's, you know, there's still... I probably a handful of people out there who still may be like that. It's but like a pillow fight with it's two a process. Torah scrolls. It's like a pillow fight with two Torah scrolls. So mm, yeah. this is what we're doing <laughs> to each other instead of like a hug. It was horrible. My zeet are longer than yours. <laughs> You're gonna to whip like we're whipping each other with zeet zeet. We're all high over here. And the uh, and this I don't really but we say they just don't want the truth. Like, I don't think the truth is a problem. That's not the part of the equation that they're having an issue with. No, no, no. It's no. the lack of spirit that goes with the truth. But you know, right, you have the spirit, like... spirit strong people, and truth strong people. And the truth people take a while to adapt to the spirit, and the spirit people take a while to adapt to the truth. Which is so, it's just so beautiful and amazing that you know, looking back, even at times when I didn't necessarily realize when I was young that Yahweh was with me leading me and guiding me even then in my days where I didn't acknowledge him mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I was raised up in a Baptist church where I was introduced to Jesus mm-hmm. and I was saved and then I went away. 
But I found my way back and came back to him in a Pentecostal church with a woman preacher, which was the first time I really upset my family and became a black sheep in the family. <laughs> but man, to this day, I still, I still talk about that experience that was so influential on my life because at a time when I needed it most, mm-hmm. they showed me love. Yeah. There was always, there were always like four or five people standing at the door. And when you walked in, they had that worship music going and you got hugged at least 10 times before you made it to your pew. And it wasn't just, you know, this little pat on the shoulder, kind of one arm hug. No. The Baptist the, tap. <laughs> yeah, the Baptist tap. It's like, it's a- like jujitsu, they tap three times and let them go. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> we got hugs I'm on tap. About. We don't have alcohol. We got hugs on tap. Uh, you tap when it's over. So you tap. True. You're done hugging. Yes. And the little, the little. I get that very half handshakes. Yeah, yeah, and I get at the Pentecost. I get the. Uh, the but Pentecostal these... squeeze. <laughs> oh my gosh! Man, they would hug you. It was the good five, full five second hug. You I hug you till you squeak. The yes. squeak is when you let go. When you hear the last <laughs> bit of oxygen leave, you can let they go. They told you they go. loved you, and they meant it. <laughs> <laughs> they loved the Jesus and the you like, and that was, man, they didn't, they didn't keep Sabbath. They kept Christmas and Easter and all that stuff. Oh, there's the first time I not tell me that, that Jesus wasn't there. He was there because it was love. And that's how, that's how the scriptures say that we will recognize his followers by the love, not their seat seat. Mm-hmm. Oh, I first Not that zeet seat are important. I'm yes, a, yes. Let me clarify what I said. They're still blue zeet seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I first got to Cleveland. Well, I first got to Chattanooga area in 2016, January. It's one of the most depressed times I've ever been. So I walked into Perry Stones, first time it opened actually. Walk in the door, first person sees some very, very, very Caucasian man, blue eyes, red hair. But it was like a basketball jersey on and the gold chain and sneakers. And, <laughs> but he, he, was a, he was a sight. But uh, he walked up to me, didn't even say his name, just threw his arm around me, hugged me until I squeaked, you know, <laughs> hugged me until the last bit of oxygen came out. And it's like, I love you, dude. And I see Jesus in you, dude. Like, That's good. I can't breathe. And, uh, <laughs> you turn blue. Hugging me and hugging me and hugging me. But I was such, I was a really, scary bad depressive episode i mean it was scary depressive and uh he just hugged me for like 10 minutes and then he started prophesying like you're gonna write marriage book you're mm-hmm. gonna do marriage counseling you're gonna have a tv show this is 2016 you're gonna have a tv show you're gonna be in the radio i'm like you lost your mind man <laughs> and uh but you know he was just like that with everybody every time i saw him but i said the word torah to him he's like the what no, literally no wow. clue what I was talking about. But you but know, he brought he, you a message. He brought me a message. Lord, yeah. Yes, and he definitely, and that hug was precisely what I, I've been here like a week and didn't really know anybody. And I mean, I was, it was, you know, January, ice cold, pitch black, don't know anybody, working part time. It was just all kinds of bad. Living in a, somebody's, we're in somebody's basement. It was, it was a nice basement, but I was renting a basement. Uh, but that hug is exactly what I needed. You know, there was no judgment there. There's none of that. It would, I'd have to 
pretend to have a 401k and office job and a, you know, an SUV or doesn't have to pretend any of that. He's like, I just love you because I see Jesus in you. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I needed, but he literally didn't know what the tour was quite literally wow. no idea. And uh, I'm friends with his cousin now, but uh, you know, he died, but he's, that's exactly what I needed, but it's the most unlikely source. Oh, he had tattoos everywhere. You can just tell not Torah keeper was written all over. <laughs> not at all. But he was, he like, he used to be in a gang. Well, most of my friends used to be in gangs, but uh, just totally not expected, but exactly what was needed. And I uh, definitely, we can definitely cannot dismiss those people. Mm-mm. No, As I'm not holy you. or not loving or, or not educated or whatever. It's like, well, they think they're exactly what Jesus, they're doing what Jesus needs them to do for where they're at. You know, you can add some knowledge, but sometimes I think God doesn't give people the Torah because of what it would do to them. Like you could ruin this kind of hug you guy by making him a Torah terrorist by the addition of knowledge. The the entire Torah hangs on loving God and loving your neighbor. And that was loving your neighbor. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think God knows like the people that could get some knowledge and maybe recover from it, but some people don't recover. I mean, some people become orthodox conservative jewish and totally leave the faith and they leave judaism they mm-hmm. become, become atheists i've seen it happen so it's not the Torah thing is not it's it's not the people rejecting truth mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's what they see what the truth does to people and sometimes it's just god has them doing what he has them doing and he only get when he's ready to show it to him he'll show him right but if we do it too early it'll mess us up Right, his his time, not ours. We don't, we don't. God is smarter than we are. Exactly, but you know, you got the, you got, I got like a thirty, I got like a whole three minute hug, (laughs) but you got like a nine hour hug. Mm, Yes, I did. Yes, I did, and I'm still, I just, I can't, I can't (laughs) wait to do it again. I'll go Mm. ahead and give another plug for Jim Staley and Passion for Truth Ministries. They've already reserved the building again for Passover, (laughs) so. Not sure. Of course, you know, we'll have we'll have Passover here at home with the family. We'll have Passover uh, with our fellowship. So, you know, we're pretty much booked for Passover. So I don't know if I'll be able to make it out to his. But man, on one hand, it's like, how do I not go? (laughs) Maybe some new friends (laughs) at the conference. Right. Exactly. Yes. That would be amazing for them to be here at Passover. Oh, and if you guys are trying to, if you're, if you're one of those lonely people that, you know, you're isolated, you go to Shalom to Your Heart and under the way, there's multiple tabs for business owners and groups and trying to find other Hebrews. It's all right there, especially Hebrews nearby, but just go to shalomtoyourheart.com and look under the way and there's a lot of ways to get connected there. And if you're single, we have Hebrew Heart Singles. There's been over 200 weddings so far, five years, plus countless friendships and all the regional groups Melissa mentioned are there too. And uh, Melissa's going to, are you going to post a video to our Facebook, you said? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to post the the replay link for the entire conference that I have been just going on and on about <laughs> all night long. So that way, you know, you can go there and experience it for yourself. So again, the, the post that I read earlier was from a gentleman who wasn't even there. He was watching it on the replay link <laughs> and he could feel the spirit he could recognize the spirit and you just it was authentic it's recognizable it's magnetic and that 
it comes through. I haven't watched the replay, but from the testimonies that I've heard from others who have, it's, it's there. You can have the same experience in your own, in your own living room or, you know, in your car, wherever you may find yourself watching the playback, just, you know, have some tissues. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so I got to watch it soon. Or I'm, in, I'm, I'm not at my office or something. Other people can't see me cry. Man, it is so, so good. Yep, awesome. just set aside some time, even if you have to watch it in bits and pieces. Just bookmark it on YouTube and come back to it, and just. But just a little bit of warning: you're not gonna want to get up. You're gonna want to <laughs> watch the whole thing in one setting. I promise. It's, you know, so plan to binge watch. You know, if we can watch a Netflix series for an entire weekend, trust me, you can you can set aside some time for this. You will be blessed, I promise. And bring a bear proof cooler. That's the lesson <laughs> we've learned. Yeah, we you need to get with Tell me you go to Hebrew anything event, bring a bear proof cooler. <laughs> we need to get with Jess and make sure we don't pack whatever it was she had in there. It was honey buns. Chad Collins be warned, it was honey buns. <laughs> well, we are toast. <laughs> 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 my daughter still talk. My, my oldest, so I've got two daughters. Oliana, my oldest, was like six years old, and met Chad, and Melissa, and Chad Collins made that girl a honey bun in the microwave. That's all she wanted to eat for two months. It's <laughs> life changing. Honey buns too. Yeah. I, I, you know, we took our snacks because we we knew we were going to be there for several hours on Shabbat. Obviously, not going to buy anything, so mm-hmm. I had my little bag packed, and you can bet there were two honey buns in there. <laughs> <At least. laughs> So honey buns were at the conference. <laughs> I was going to give your husband a nickname, but that would be weird. <laughs> can't, call nick- honey, can't call him honey bun in, per, in, in public in Kentucky. I don't know. I think that would actually be hilarious. So Chad, your nickname is no, his nickname right now is Rojo. You know, Rojo, he's, roll he's, you know, I never thought about that. No, it's actually because his, you know, his cheeks are red. Oh, because it's Spanish. Rojo is mm-hmm. Hispanic people. Yeah. So you his know, nickname just, is Rojo. We so, should get him a little yellow shirt and put honey bun on it. No longer rojo, it's honey bun. <laughs> That's so cute. Explain that to your friends. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Okay. Well, again, I just want to drive everybody to passionfortruth.com. Watch the playback. Go check out Jim Staley. Go check out Wilderness Driven Family. That's Nathan Harmon's ministry site. Yeah, him um, and his wife live in an RV with their kids, and they travel the country doing this. I've been to one of his uh, conferences. This was my first experience. I actually listened to him talk with PD the night before that, um, which is PD is Rise on Fire Ministries. Yeah. Um, amazing. Go check out that one, too. Actually, I'm going to digress from my own story just for a minute. Years ago, and we'd have to get with PD probably to see when it was, but PD wrote a book about mm. spirit and truth. I think yeah, that may be the name reigniting of Reigniting Spirit and Truth. Mm. Yeah, well, it, well, I can't remember the name of it. It's a white book, and it says Reigniting Spirit and Truth is the yes. subtitle. Let me Google it. But P.D. Van der Vesthuizen, he's from South Africa. He married his, he met his wife from Virginia and Hebrew Hearts. Um, plug right there. <laughs> Famous plug. Uh, he met. They met in Hebrew Hearts, and uh, he lives in Chattanooga now. Yeah, yeah. Twenty miles we where I live. Definitely need to get together with with Petey and Christina and do something with them. 
Uh, hopefully maybe we can even interview them soon, but yeah, his um, book is reigniting spirit and truth. And I just, the call of the bridegroom. Yeah. Reigniting mm-hmm. spirit and truth, the call of the bridegroom. So I remember the, this came out in 2018 looks like. So 2018, I read this book. I, this same zeal. I got on fire. Mm-hmm. I read this book. I think I may even sent you a copy. I know. I think I sent Tanya a copy. I- I think you did. Yeah. I actually, and I met PD in Rosh, Rosh Hashanah in North Carolina, and he did a bunch of street evangelism. He's like deliverance ministry, like mm-hmm. homeless people evangelism. It was really cool. But yeah, you did send me that book because when I met him, I was like, oh, you wrote that book. Melissa sent me kind of thing. Yes. I mean, my goodness. That was the first time that I, my eyes were open to the missing piece of what I was missing in my walk. Mm-hmm. I, I had had the spirit before, but I left mm-hmm. it. And was so focused on the truth, and then he brought it like back together. Was like, one for the other. Yes, and he's like, "No, you. They mm-hmm. work in unison. You need the spirit and the truth." Which clearly, that's what the Bible says. But mm-hmm. I just John four twenty four. I had just glossed over it, and it's like, yes, and I got so on fire. But at the time, didn't have a fellowship that I was attending. I didn't, you know. We just. Mm-hmm. You were in Chattanooga. I was in Kentucky. We were so far apart, which I would come down and visit with your fellowship sometimes, but not, you know, it wasn't feasible to drive that far that often. So it was just, you know, okay, here I am. I'm on fire. Yeah, my girls would have cavities. They got any more cavities. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, it's probably not good that I was not good. And I like they bring like shopping bags full of they loved it i take them and buy them cake at city cafe and then we go shopping and yeah. i don't have any little girls so. and chad with the honey buns <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was a good time but you know we're so separated but you can hear the bishimi shua yeah uh, but you know, reigniting spirit and truth is his book rise on fire is his website and his youtube channel but it, it's got all these chapters looking at amazon now about each chapter is like different feast. And then, like, how to basically reinfuse the feast with the spirit. You know, not just do the feast, but do the feast in a spirit-led way, spirit-filled way. So, when you guys, when you guys go online, you watch this replay. Buy this book. The two go hand in hand. I mean, I been saying it for a while. We were just kind of saying it between ourselves. So we're like we could just we could we could feel it kind of boiling up for a little while you know we were just like yep it's coming it's coming like we prayed 10 years for a fellowship and it was like yeah we know it's coming it's gonna take 10 years but it came and now we've been saying it's revival's coming and we got to go to the phil wickham concert and there were so many moments and then just to be able to experience that corporate worship the corporate humility the corporate unity it was just we're like okay we're closer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we Tanya is uh, Melissa's tour keeping cousin in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Every yes. family has two, so you're not alone. Well, my my great aunt was an Adventist, but uh, <laughs> every family is like two Sabbath keepers, it seems. <laughs> and the rest of the family thinks they're crazy, but there's only two in each family, somehow, some way. Uh, and Tammy Smith Grayson is a dear friend of ours in Kentucky. Her and her friends actually came to my congregation a couple months ago and they gave me a bag of rocks. And they had taken a rock from the site of every revival site in like Western North Carolina, East Tennessee, North Georgia, and Kentucky. All these revival sites historically and all those sites that's prophesied to be like a big, the third great awakening is supposed to happen in Cleveland, Tennessee. And this area used to be very highly Cherokee area. But she has a bag of rocks from all these different revival sites, like in Joshua, where they took the stones and crossed the Jordan. Mm 
Uh, oh, 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 got a bag preached of rock stones. Preached, preached on that in the conference. Sorry to interrupt, but you yeah. just quoted it again. The Cherokee link to the end times outpouring was the Perry Stone sermon, I think. Mm. Yeah, the Cherokee link to end times outpouring. He's got a whole video on that. And I also have a statue of two feet. I don't know if you guys saw it when you were here, but there's a, a porcelain statue of two feet. Two From? Feet. Uh, it was a whole long story, but like Well, Joshua, no, I mean, there you go. What? Give me chapter and verse because I Joshua have a point. Joshua chapter one. Yeah. That's exactly. Joshua chapter one. That's verse exactly three. what yeah. Jim was preaching at the conference. <laughs> Which is like, I've never heard this verse. Someone actually gave me that verse. It's like, Brian, this will be your confirmation of something in your life. Okay, that's something very specific. That's a weird, random, obscure verse. I never heard it again for three years. And then all of a sudden, the past 12 months, it's like the fifth time this came up. Yeah, it's everywhere now. But read the verse, Dome, if you have it up. Mm, I don't have it up, but I will pull it up real quick. Okay, Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. She's pulling it up. And the whole conference is talking about feet, right? Yes, the whole conference. It was crazy. Uh, let's see. My internet's being slow. It's coming. Uh, again, just another plug that I am in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. But, <laughs> they film deliverance so, like near the Walmart, where the Walmart used to be. So Joshua 1.3, I'm not sure what version this is, but it says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. There you go. And the Joshua, the rest of Joshua 1 uh, continues on to say that, you know, if you keep the, if you, Keep not as in leg- legally keep, but as in guard and obey and honor, and live by the principle of the principles of the commandments. Then that would that would be the result. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just go oh well, bebop along your way, and you know you'll be fine. I'll give you whatever you want. But it's like you know mm-hmm. there are certain principles and guidelines to this. But the rest of Joshua chapter one, but that was the that was the verse. Yeah, and then no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And be Joshua, strong and courageous. Go ahead. And Joshua is a variant of Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. yes yeah. so be strong and courageous. Rock Kazak Amets. Be strong mm, yeah. and courageous. There's a, Eric Lundy has a really good three-minute YouTube video that's a Hebrew war cry. But what that means, Rock Kazak emits, be strong and courageous. I want to make like a greeting, like we'd like put our fist over heart, say Rock Kazak, meet each other. Oh, you see another cool. Hebrew, Rock yeah. Kazak, Rock Kazak. <laughs> I like that. I was just reading on down, down through here, and I'm just, I'm having flashbacks to the conference, and you know, it says, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions for within three days. Jordan, to go in and take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And that was, you know, that was the whole premise. And he he has a beautiful teaching on the Gilgal, you know, where they crossed over, where the mm-hmm. stones are in. You know, just go watch it. I won't spoil it because I'll ruin it. But, yeah, just so good. And, Brian, that I know I was texting you during, like, the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you need to be listening to this right now. This is for you. <laughs> You're a bit excited. <laughs> Yeah, bit excited. Still, yeah, definitely go to passionfortruths.com. Watch, watch the replay. Get PD's book. Let's do a, <laughs> Let's do a series with the Shalom. If you're on Facebook, Shalom letters. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Melissa could like a, a one a day, like post a video or post a book, a link, Amazon link to a book, or 
Post Light PD's website. So as a recommended resource. Absolutely. You know, and that was another thing that was just really evident. Gosh, I'm just easy to find. Had, you had Passion for Truth Ministries. You had Wilderness Driven Family. You had Lion and Lamb there. Uh, the worship equipment, the, a lot of the, I guess, musical instruments, the worship team, mm-hmm. they they pulled together and brought in all that with Mason Clover. Um, yeah, just, I met Mason. So, so many ministries were there working together, not competing mm-hmm. against each other, working together. And that's one of the first times that I think I've ever been witness to that too, because it's usually, you know, oh, I'm going to plug my ministry. I'm going to like, mm-hmm. I'm a, these people are mine, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not saying that. What do you think about the temple? Know, like they all that I've been to before, but I've seen that happen. What do you think about the temple? They, all the Levites, the, the temple guard, the temple singers, the priest, one body, local, local Levites, all of them were all simultaneously. They weren't divided amongst 50 churches in the same town. Mm-hmm. They all did the same thing at the same time without competing, without, you know, every five feet, there's a $20 million building that's empty six days a week. You know, and blowing all that money, you know, it, all that staff, all those resources were shared. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. Great point there. Yeah, so definitely go check all that stuff out. Like Brian said, it'll just be easier. I will post something daily. Um, I usually go on and do some kind of post, share a Bible verse or something every day. Uh, so for the next several days, <laughs> letters, Facebook page. Um, just want to also want to drive you to Brian's website. You know, it's com. He also has a YouTube, uh, also has a TV show. Go check out Shal- Let's Talk Shalom. Let's talk to um, Yeah. Coming so, up tomorrow night. Hey, there you go. Can you give us a little sneak peek? Yeah, this probably oh. won't post until your TV show is aired. So, yeah. So, I'm going to have the, as soon as I get from the station, I'm going to have YouTube, the, the shows on YouTube on the website so you can watch all of them. But the first one's my friend Michelle Reimer from Fairhaven Counseling Ministry. She will be doing a thing on the prophetic gifting. And then we'll talk about Fairhaven Counseling Ministry. They did deliverance, intercession, inner healings. Uh, steps to healing in Christ. They do a lot of those kind of counseling, spiritual, pastoral counseling sessions. She's actually training me in those, and I'll be ordained by them early the later this month. And then it's mm, fantastic celebration. My friend uh, Eliana Brooks from Warrior Bride Ministries. They help people who have been uh, victims of sexual trafficking. They provide them shelter, counseling, uh, deliverance ministry, uh, treatment for the social identity disorder. People have been victims of satanic ritual abuse. They help with them. They're near Atlanta. So we're going to interview her on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And my pastor from Nehemiah Restoration Fellowship, Jonathan Brown, we will be interviewing him on different Bible versions, how we got the Bible, translation versus transliteration, because he's got the biggest brain I've ever met. So uh, we're going to ask all these geeky, scholarly questions of him, because he's one of the few people I know that would know the answer. He's getting a... Uh, He's getting his master's degree in biblical languages. He's almost done. And he's probably going to go on to a PhD. So I got to snatch him up before he's Dr. Brown. It won't be time. Y'all, let me tell you. So normally I don't, you know, Brian's congregation, Nehemiah Restoration Fellowship. So normally I don't get to tune into that because, you know, obviously I'm in Kentucky. So our uh, fellowship, we start. Those are maybe about the same time, but so normally um, I'm in fellowship, so I can't live stream his. And, you know, we get busy with other 
ministry activities and families and work throughout the week that I, I haven't been able to go back and watch a lot of their their replays on their fellowship. But so this this last Shabbat, um, not this one yesterday, but the one before, I was actually in quarantine <laughs> just for being exposed. I wasn't sick. But uh, I was able to be at home and actually stream it. And oh my gosh, I was glued. So, so good. The worship was great. The word was great. I really enjoyed, what do you call it? The liturgy? Liturgy, oh, yeah. yes. The so Hebraic. good. Mm. Uh, we get the prayer shawl, prayer of the kids, and you know, sing the Shema and some other Hebrew liturgical things. We're a Messianic congregation. And my youngest daughter is named Shema Israel. So they start singing the first time she was there. It's like, oh, she was so confused. Like, why is everybody singing my name? My name. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it's really good. And Jonathan's doing a series on Galatians. It's like a 10 part series. And it's a whole different viewpoint of like historical context of Galatians. It's a little bit different than what 119 even does. So it's nrfcommunity.org, Nehemiah Restoration Fellowship, you know, nrfcommunity.org. And, He's uh, got a YouTube link, and we've got all the previous sermons on there on YouTube, and you can also live stream and check out some other resources. Yep. So um, I'm sure you go to any of these websites that we've mentioned here tonight, from Passion and PassionForTruth.com to Wilderness Driven Family to Shalom to Your Heart. There are given links on all of them. For Brian, Brian does so much. He gives so much of himself and. You know, I don't, I don't understand how he does, you know, here he is up. It's one o'clock in the morning in Chattanooga and he's doing a podcast with me. So God bless Brian for this. So please, please. You feel led by God to support Brian. His PayPal is shalom to your heart at gmail.com. He just, he gives and gives and gives and gives. And he just, you know, he has no limit, you know, where he is weak, God is strong. So, um, Brian just keeps on trucking. So please, you know. Bless, please, I'm begging, bless Brian for all the work that he does because I know I'm blessed from him. And and if you know Brian, I know you are too. So Thank you. please Bob support Bob Wilson and honey buns too. <laughs> yeah, we, we do take donations in the form of honey buns. Anything <laughs> sugar, I, I don't turn away pretty much. So. <laughs> send them some honey bun money. Send them some honey bun money. Just make a little note in there. <laughs> UPS will be showing up next week and Chad will be like, oh my gosh. What is this blessing? The love offering. <laughs> if manna was only honey buns. <laughs> well, he would never leave the wilderness, so maybe that's it's not the gla- There's the burn offering and the glazed offering. This is the glazed offering. <laughs> okay, I'm, it's be, I laughed out loud so loud. You're Jack. very sleep deprived. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with that being said, I will let you close us out in prayer. <laughs> uh, yeah, we thank you for time to go to the podcast for all of our listeners that joined in with us and ask you to teach us all how to have true fellowship community and for those who are isolated give them divine appointments as we've seen so many of to bring them to spiritual family psalm 68 5 says he placed the lonely in homes so we ask you to do so in his name amen 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 so again it just Thank you, Brian. Thank you, audience. We appreciate you listening. We hope you've been blessed by this broadcast. I know that you'll be blessed if you go and check out uh, all the resources that we've we've mentioned throughout the night. Uh, again, it'll be on our Facebook page as well. But again, we thank you so, so much. We love you. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Shalom. Shalom.